Yeah, I, I've been involved in campaigns relating to the local forest now for nearly 30 years. Um, but our particular concern at the moment has been the fact that we had some very devastating fires um, brought through the forest back in 2019. We had the Rumba Dump fire, which came from the south, and the Coombs Gap fire that came from the north. Now, they um, devastated large areas of the forest. However, there were a few compartments that um, were actually saved from these fires, and um, they have now become a bit of a refuge, as you can understand, for a number of species that live in the forest, many of which are threatened or endangered. Um, Forestry Commission, in their wisdom, uh, decided that they were going to log um, a couple of these compartments that um, had avoided the fires. So we really um, took umbrage with that proposal from Forestry and we stepped up a bit of a campaign just before Christmas um, to stop them logging those compartments. We were successful and they have withdrawn. However, they won't give us any undertaking that they won't return to log those compartments. So we're maintaining um, maintaining the rage, if you like, until such time as we get an undertaking from Forestry New South Wales not to go back into those compartments. They have actually moved into some plantations nearby. But, um, yeah, that, that's sort of why we're there. Mm. And sorry, go on. Sorry, and and in terms of you know you're saying you know being being there, I understand there has been uh, you know the, somewhat of a, a blockade in the, in the forest and some action taking place. What what exactly has been happening on the ground, um, and and how much community support have you received? Okay, um, there've been a number of number of actions and blockades um, as recently as this morning. Um, two of our uh, two ladies from our group locked on to the front gate, gate of the Herons Creek Sawmill, which is owned by Pentark. Um, it's one of the largest native forest mills in New South Wales. Um, we had a couple of, of ladies who did the same thing at the same site last week. Um, we had a blockade in Yarrett State Forest, which is just north of Taree, and which is known as key koala habitat. It's absolutely extraordinary that we would have state forests logging key koala habitat you know, in the current climate with these extinctions of um, threatened species. Uh, we had a blockade in our local forest. We've had a tree sit uh, in the compartment that um, we're trying to protect. In Bulga State Forest, we've had a tree sit, I think, for the last 26 days. Um, so there's been various actions going on, and those actions will continue um, until such time as we get an undertaking from Forestry Commission. To basically, what we want actually now is an end to native forest logging. Mm. I'm well aware that uh, Western Australia finally has bitten the bullet and um, is closing down their native forest and industry. I read that the Nanup Mill, which I know well, um, closed last week or a, week or a couple of weeks ago. Um, Victoria, too, has every intention now of ending old-growth forest logging. Um, and we are hoping that um, the Labor government here in New South Wales will be elected um, next, next month at the forthcoming state elections and that they will give an undertaking, hopefully, prior to the election to end native forest logging in New South Wales. Similarly to what uh, Mr Carr did, who was the Labor Premier who was elected in 1995 on the promise of protecting the old-growth forests. Mm. Um, he was elected, he did keep his promise, and the, great, the greater amount of the remaining old-growth forest was either put into national park or excluded from logging by state forests. Mm.
Uh, previously, Chris, you mentioned uh, you know that a lot of this area is a significant uh, habitat for koalas, and I understand there was a the Great Koala Protected Area Bill that was uh, introduced back in 2021. I think it's sort of gone through a few different phases, but is currently uh, still in Parliament being discussed, as far as I understand. Now, it, it sort of seems, you know, despite um, I, I guess many of our listeners would be, of course, aware of a lot of the uh, the stuff that's occurred in, in New South Wales politics and a lot of the chaos within, particularly the, the Liberal Party there. But it would seem there is, you know, on one hand, at least some indication, uh, you know, from community pressure, of course, that the even the current state government wish to uh, at least be seen to be protecting koalas and on the other hand uh, going ahead with these sorts of projects can can you speak to that to some extent is is there much movement from uh, you know within the sort of you know the halls of parliament to actually significantly act to protect koalas if, if nothing else um, from my from my knowledge the LNP the Liberal National Coalition in New South Wales really have no interest in ending native forest logging, and they have little interest in protecting koalas. Just recently, we had two parliamentary, parliamentary members of the uh, LNP, and um, one from the Nationals actually defected because of the government's attitude towards ko- koala protection. One National Party um, member from the seat of Port Macquarie, she uh, left the Nationals and has now joined the Liberals. So there's the political will amongst the existing government is not there. As for the Great Koala National Park, that, um, that's a little further north from us. It's in the hinterland of Coffs Harbour. And the Labour, government, the Labour Party, rather, have promised that if they're elected, they will establish the Great Koala National Park. There are a few problems with, with the concept because there's a lot of the country there is private land and exactly how they're going to address conservation of koalas on private land is going to be a bit of a challenge. And of course, a lot of the area within the Great Koala National Park is state forest. And we are concerned that if those state forests are added to the park, the pressure on the remaining forest to the north and south is going to become immense. And part of the problem is that the state government tends to, well, it doesn't tend to, it does. It signs these wretched wood supply agreements over a 20-year period, promising totally unsustainable quantities of timber to the industry. And we know from experience, bitter experience over the last 40 years, that those commitments are completely unsustainable. And that's why we see... The the logs coming out of the forest now, some of them are little more than sticks. They're well under 40 centimetres in diameter um, because this repeated cycle of logging over about 30 or 40 years doesn't allow time for trees to reach maturity. And to come back to the question of endangered species, in the Bulgar State Forest, for example, we have the koala, the greater glider, the spotted tail quoll, the dust tail pastigale, the yellow belly glider, the squirrel glider, the pygmy possum, the long nosed potaroo, the palmer wallaby, the red legged tabinarin. That's just the arboreal mammals. I could go on with the owls, reptiles, many of which are, are listed as threatened. Now, as you probably know, Australian eucalypts don't develop sufficient hollows for arboreal mammoths, mammals such as gliders. And for birds such as owls, they don't develop hollows of sufficient size until they're at least 150 years old. So if you're not allowing trees to reach that, reach that age, you're not allowing for the future habitat for these creatures, for these endangered creatures. 
And as we know, again, from bitter experience, the Forestry Commission has a tendency towards clear felling. And if it doesn't clear fell, it will leave a few recruitment habitat trees. But these tend to be isolated. And when you have isolated trees in the forest, they're more prone to disease, they're more prone to wind, they're more prone to damage. And their survival, uh, their survival chances are considerably less than, than if they're in a natural forest. Certainly. Now, you mentioned before that obviously there's the, the hope that uh, the Labour government will, will win power at the next election and there may even be opportunity to uh, to do as, as we've done here in WA and end uh, the logging of native forests. Unfortunately, I'd say here in WA, while we have seen an end of the uh, the logging of native forests, we haven't seen anything, uh, you know, any moves towards addressing the issues caused by mining and we've got a lot of problems with things like bauxite mining and so forth here causing a lot of destruction to, uh, to native forests. But you know, do you think there's a, that growing uh, will within the community to really protect native forests there in New South Wales, and in particularly in linking to you know the amount of damage and destruction that's been caused by fire, that obviously is very closely linked to uh, you know catastrophic climate change and just the the changing uh, you know situation that we find ourselves in. Do you think that uh, you know outside of Parliament, though, in, within the the sort of you know the communities surrounding places like Bulga State Forest, there's a growing awareness around the need to protect these forests and, and you know people are kind of stepping up and, and, and taking more action. Absolutely. And I think as in the case with any dwindling resource, the less there is, the more concerned people come. You know, whaling is a classic example. The blue whales reduced to, to, to populations where there weren't enough survivors to, to find each other in the sort of expanse of the oceans and mate. We stopped the whaling. And I think we're going to stop. We're going to stop native forest logging. The other consideration too is the economic, the economic factors. If you look at um, New South Wales Forestry Commission's annual report for the last two years, you'll find that there are tens of millions of dollars in subsidies. So it's the taxpayer who is subsidising the demise of all these threatened species. It's absolutely ludicrous. If you look at the products that come out from from hardwood logging now. What are they? Wood chips? Um, we understand, but we haven't been able to prove that some of the forests are being pelletized and sent overseas to burn in power stations. Um, there's a few quality products such as flooring, um, which is incredibly expensive and only really um, of appeal to the elite who can afford it. The, the, rest of the, the rest of the logs, really, there's nothing coming out. All the big trees have gone. You know, and John Oxley, who was one of the early explorers who came from um, the um, New England area down to Port Macquarie through a lot of the forest around Bulga Forest, he described old trees lying on the ground that were up to 10 feet in diameter. You won't see those trees anymore. You won't see them anywhere. They're gone. You know, if, if you see a large tree now, it's barely a metre in diameter, and they're considered a large tree. So, and they're they're few and far between. So, yes, I think people are waking up. Um, I've heard recently that a survey um, showed that 70% of the New South Wales population want koalas protected. Our local council has just appointed a koala officer. The organisation I work for is just about to appoint a koala officer. These issues are going to have to be confronted, and they need to be confronted sooner rather than later. Just finally, Chris, uh, I know you know here in WA we're a long way away and facing our own sort of uh, problems when it comes to protecting our native forests, but is there anything that our listeners could do in terms of supporting the campaign to save Bulga Forest and, and you know, I guess expressing a, a bit of solidarity uh, across uh, from the other side of the country? 
Oh, look, be lovely to hear from some sandgropers over there. It'd be fantastic. Um, probably the best thing is to jump online and go to savebulgaforest.org. Have a look at our website. Um, sign up for the newsletter. And um, the website will show you what sort of support you can offer. Um, but I think, you, as you say, you've got enough problems over there. So get out, take action, and um, save what's left of your carry forest, your jarra forest. Um, yeah, I have seen the devastation that, that occurred over the back over there back in the 1970s and 80s, and it was absolutely appalling. So I'm so pleased now that at least some of those remnant forests over there in beautiful WA are going to survive.